We'll read responsively through verse 11. Uh, quite often I will read some of this passage at funerals. Uh, it's a very important passage about timing and visitation and the will of God. Shall we stand please for the reading of God's Word? Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. To everything there is a season <clears throat> and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. If you look there at the middle of verse 11, He has set the world in their heart. He has set the world in their heart. Let's pray. Father, we pray that You'd speak to us and through us. Help us to meditate upon these things. I pray that You'd give me what the people need. Help me to say it in a way that they could understand it and discern it and receive it that we could contemplate the mysteries of life, of eternity and time, the Alpha and the Omega. We yield your spirit that he would do all the work. We pray that thou would cleanse us in the shed blood of Christ and make us a vessel meet for the Master's use. Help us, we pray, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He has set the world in their heart. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Actually, the old saying I'm thinking out loud, uh, preaching to myself, hope you listen in, about the mysteries of life, how short life is. As soon as you think you figure things out, God will show you you don't know very much. You know very little. Uh, just start studying prophecy, the book of Revelation, and think you've got it pretty much figured out. And God will show you. Uh, you you're just got a lot more to learn. God gave us free will. Free will is volition. We are made in His image, so we have the right to make decisions. When you have this decision-making power in your own person, 
That gives you control. You have a type of control in your life. In some ways, you can use your influence to control others. You can control certain situations. And some people even try to manipulate and force their will on others. Others set a good example and try to lead. They don't coerce. But free will gives us control. Now, when we have this control, we begin to deceive ourselves that we are in control. So we hopefully all decided to come today free will. Nobody made you come. You aren't held at gunpoint. You decided to come. But you have control. Many things in your life. But you also see all the involuntary things that happen in your own body, for instance. You don't make your heart pump. You don't make your digestive system work. You can control your nervous system to some degree with free will, but you really don't control that. Many different involuntary things that are happening. The sun rises, the sun sets. We have no control over it. The eternal, almighty, everlasting one, the ancient of days, the alpha and the omega. When Moses said, when Pharaoh asked, who do I say sent me? He said, you tell him, I am sent you. The ever-present Almighty who always was and will be, yet He is I am. He can live every second of eternity in real time. Now that's hard for us to comprehend. He always was always will be the ever-present I am. He said, I the Lord change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He is immutable. It's impossible for Him to change. Titus 1-2, it's impossible for God to lie. He's exalted His Word eternal word above his own name he's tried purified in the fire seven times we can trust in him That's right. Amen. so he's the eternal almighty one therefore I must let go of pride what we call ego selfishness the reality is we were never in control to begin with now, we think we are. When you start meditating real deep and you, you go into uh, biblical thought and you think on things eternal and you settle in and you put aside all the cares of this life and you focus and meditate on the Word of God, you know you're starting to get somewhere in your growth and grace and your spirituality. You'll come to this amazing, almost shocking revelation that you're not in control. You did not choose to be born. You did not choose your parents. You didn't choose your gender of sex. By the way, you have one. 
given by God. You did not choose your race or the color of your skin or the shape of your nose. You didn't choose what country you were born into. You didn't choose anything. You, you do not really choose when you die, even though you can die before your time. But God is in total control. I never was in control. And the more you try to take control with your free will and not let God decide what you do by His will, the more you live in delusion and believe the lie that you're in control. You're not in control. There's nothing we can do. Now we use free will. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We do our part, but it's all up to God. The watchman watcheth and waketh, but in vain. I read Ezekiel 33 again this week. We must cry aloud and warn the wicked to turn from his way. But the reality is, he's the one who's the Almighty. He is the everlasting one from everlasting Amen. to everlasting. And the Bible says we will never fully figure it out because God in His sovereign providence, by His will, set it in the hearts of men. He put the world in our hearts that will never fully understand it. Now that word world, it's not talking about Satan is the God of this world. This is the world, according to dispensational truth, of the ages. All of the ages, the world before this world, all the dispensations in that world, before He recreated it with Adam and Eve, whether you believe that or not, you need to study the Bible if you don't. The world that will be after this world. It says worlds to come. And eternity is composed of increments of time. It's not like time's over. It will be no more. We're going to be a golden long-haired angel with blue eyes sitting on a cloud and playing a harp. No. You're going to be living in the new Jerusalem. Amen. And it says the Sabbath is perpetual. The seasons are perpetual. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. And it'll go on and on and on forever. Eons and eons in the Omega forever and ever and ever. God put that in the hearts of men that... Though we think we understand it all, it's impossible, but praise the Lord. Our limited knowledge will turn into infinite knowledge. It says, now we see through a glass darkly because of our corrupt mortal body. Limiting to time, but one day we shall know even as we are also known. We shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. And what you see determines what you are. That's why without a vision, the people perish. If you can see God doing a great work in your life, it will make you become what it takes for that vision to become a reality. 
the Bible says, we have a love that passeth knowledge beyond human understanding. When Paul was caught up to the third heaven when he was stoned at Lystra and left for dead, he saw things which were unlawful to speak. And he said, the sufferings which we now endure are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. So we reach this conclusion. The just shall live by faith. I study, I study the dispensations, I study the works of men, I study the works of God, but the reality is, He set the world in my heart. I can't understand it. I say it all the time. Life is a mystery. I try to figure it out. I want to know more, but I will not know more until the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, when I am transformed into His exact Amen. image. That's why the hippie beatniks, they used to say, what is this thing yeah. called life? And they're still trying to figure it out. I'll tell you what this thing is called life. The Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty, spoke something from nothing. He has a sovereign will. He is providential. He always was and will be. And He made man in His image to do what He made him to do. And He is the one who understands it all. I'm limited. I try. But the world is set in our heart. So what must I do? Trust in the Lord. Do good. And so shalt thou inherit the land. Lean not unto thine own understanding. We're to cast our care upon Him, for He careth for us. And even when I think I fully understand it, I may or may not. Who am I to pass judgment on what somebody did or why something's happening in their life? I'm not the judge. I don't know all the invisible things. Neither do you. Let God be God. I remember when uh, I call him Dr. Birchfield. David, he, he came to me one day and he said, he may not even remember this, he said, we never were in control worthy, were we? Now you're getting somewhere. I'm not in control. You think you make your heart beat? You really think you make the grass grow and the sun come up and the, and the rain fall, which God hasn't willed it to happen much in a long time? Why are our rivers dry and the heathens' ponds are going over the dam? Rains on the just and the unjust. And like my brother said, there must not be any just or unjust people here because it's not raining on anybody. What's that other type here? Not much has been happening in that regard lately. So, we get to this conclusion. The doctrine of visitation. I've been reading this a lot lately. In Ezekiel, whenever people ignore God and they live in sin and they think they're in control, 
And they exercise free volition of will and they make decisions, but they don't seek the Lord early while He may be found. They get off in the world, they backslide, they ruin and wreck their life, they go to the devil, they get involved in the lust of the flesh, all these worldly things, but they think they're in control. I'm the one. Nobody will tell me what to do. It's my life. And so they murder countless millions of babies in the name of women's health care. And then when somebody tries to defend the innocent, the first thing they do is want to take them to court so they can have freedom to murder more little innocent babies. I always want to know why, why didn't they get aborted if they believe in it so much? Why don't they get in their little spaceship, time travel, worshiping Moloch? The statue, and they take their baby up and sacrifice it to a wicked God. But when this happens, over and over in Ezekiel, God says, I'm going to judge them and then they will know that I am the Lord. They'll know! When they took control, but they were not in control, and they didn't let me have the control, I'm going to judge them. They will know that I am the Lord. But then, it's too late for most. The wise thing to do, seek the Lord early while He may be found. So we, frail creatures of dust, we are but made of clay. We are but one breath from eternity. Do you realize that? One breath. And you're out of this world into eternity. David said, I'm but one step from death. Now I want you to read what it says. Look at verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Look at this. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before Him. I never was in control. I didn't choose my name. I didn't choose that I'd be born from Billy Joe James and Nancy Joe James in Bryan County, Oklahoma. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose my name that they named me Jeffrey and I said, why? They don't even know. <laughs> Charles was my dad's name. I know that. And Austin's middle name was the same. My brother Russell Paul, where did you come up with that? Paul's one of the greatest names that ever lived, though. He got that made up for the Russell. But uh, now this is all his. This is what he said. I didn't say it. That's what he said. But I didn't choose that. Did you really choose? You think you did, didn't you? But I was never in control. So. God is present all the time and so great that He gave us free will and we make decisions 
And even when all of humanity, the souls, he said, all souls are mine. And then he said, but my will will still be done even when I gave all of you a will. That's how great I am. I am God. But then we turn around and say, I'll control. I'll take care of this. I'm in control. Now, the Bible calls this visitation. So he says, there's a time to every purpose given under the heaven. So God made the creation, spoke something from nothing. He has a purpose, a meaning, and that must be fulfilled. So he gave a time of an appointment to fulfill the purpose. So there's a meaning to life. That's what life's all about. He gave us a time on the Lord's day to assemble as the called out saints of God from the world to heaven to be like Christ to fulfill his will on the Lord's day. Now, this is called visitation. And he says, though the almighty, ever present, omnipresent one, omniscient, all knowing, decides, I will visit. I will give it a scheduled appointment and I'm going to show up at a certain place at a certain time for a certain reason. And there's something going to happen and you better wake up and recognize it's going to happen and you were never in control and what you better do is let God take control. So, I'm just giving you the overview. 1 Timothy 2.4 God visits every individual with salvation. Every person who's ever lived gets a chance to be saved. He is not willing that any should perish. He lets them hear about the Bible, about Christ. At some point in their life, a thought entered in. They met a person. They heard something. They read something. They met a family member. At some point, they had a chance. They saw the creation of God. Every person gets visited. Now, here's the fearful thing, according to Genesis 6-3. God is only obligated to visit you one time. Once. His Spirit shall not always strive with man. You know, I think about this. Yesterday, we were soul winning, and I'd like for maybe somebody knows the answer. There's some superstition where they tie a bar of soap to a string and hang it on. The, does anybody know what that is? What, what, what he said, look it up. I don't know. I've seen it on several houses. It's warding off. Water. I don't know. It's a bar of soap tied to string. So I knock on the door, and you know, the guy goes, what do you want? You know, and I said, well, I'm here. I'm busy for the church. And, he, and uh, I said, do you have a church home? He says, I want you to go away right now. And I couldn't knock the dust off soon enough. I slammed my feet. I hurt my feet, actually. I was banging. I said, I'm out of here, man. I'm not. You got your chance. Now, not being cold or callous, but that was a very evil, wicked man. And he got his chance. So he may get saved later on. I doubt it very seriously with that wicked of a heart. A billion years from now when he's burning in hell, 
God visited him, what was that, uh, October the 16th at about, I don't know, 11 o'clock in the morning. He got his chance. What was the name of that? School Street? Whatever that was. I can't remember. Whatever that street was. He got his chance. Now, God may visit him in his sleep. He may come next week. He may do it. He may just come and... But he got his one visitation. God in his justice must only visit one time. Now... A person can only be saved when God visits them. Jesus said, no man can come unto me unless my Father draw him. The theologians call this prevenient grace. Things that must happen, the work of God, before He grants repentance and faith and uh, regenerates and translates into the kingdom. But no conviction, no conversion. This is what the old old Bible preachers preach. The truth is, you cannot be converted unless you're under heavy conviction. And that's the drawing of the Holy Spirit where you get your conscience pricked. You know you're guilty. You're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You're doomed to burn in hell. And God does all the work. Now, salvation visitations are avoidable. Because why? You've been given free will to control your life. Will you choose Christ or will you reject Christ? You get a choice. Why? You're in control. Yeah, well, you think you're in control till you wake up in hell and you lost your soul. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But judgment visitations are unavoidable. So when God says, you took charge, you thought you were in control, but I'm visiting you at this time and I'm going to make this happen in your life and it's not going to be easy and you're not going to like it. But when you wake up, you're going to realize I am the Lord. But it'll be too late. So, we must be aware of this. There's a time to every purpose given under heaven. God gave us free will to fulfill that time of the purpose given under heaven. But, God has set it in our hearts, the world, that we will never fully understand it. You know, I remember what Brother House said. This is right before he went to heaven. He said, life is so sad. I mean, this is the, one of the greatest men. He said, this is this. He was crying. He said, this is the sad. He said, I've just figured out how to live life. And it's over. It's a mystery. Who am I? And I tell people all the time, when you can speak something or nothing, make your own universe, then you can decide what to do. Till then, you better do what He told you to do. Amen. Now, the Bible said God visits us in the morning. You know He visits you every morning? I think it's about between 5 and 7. He, he comes into your bedroom and He visits you. 
He wants to know what's in your heart. Did you know God visits you in the night season? According to Psalm 17. Did you know this is inevitable, inescapable? He's going to show up. And we will know that He is the Lord. Genesis 18, He sent the three men to visit Sodom. Genesis 50, 24, God was surely, He said, He will surely visit you in Egypt. 1 Samuel 2, 21, The Lord visited Hannah and opened and healed her barren womb. Luke 19.44 We have a responsibility. They were told this is the incarnation. Jesus Christ, the Word has been made flesh. He's dwelling among you. We've seen Him with our own eyes. And they were visited. Woe be unto those who lived on the earth during His ministry and rejected Him. That visitation. Exodus 20, verse 5. The third and the fourth generation. He will visit the sins on the children and the children's children of those who take control. I'm in control. But God said, I've set the world in your heart. You'll never know what's going on. You realize the first world, and you can say, when did the dinosaurs roam? Look it up. When, when Lucifer fell and became the devil, he said, I will be like God. I will sit on the sides of the north. I will ascend. And his wisdom and his brightness of his glory was his own pride and his, and his shameful fall. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning. You know what? We don't know what happened. Do you know how many civilizations could be under this building right now? And the deposition layers, as the archaeologists call it, of the ages before us. And then all the omega to come. I can't figure it out. Maybe you can. But Job said in chapter 31, 14, he said, I know my visitation's coming. The day's going to come. God's going to show up. I have a divine appointment. Now, we're almost out of time, and I'm just getting started, but listen. In Ephesians 2.8, we, we know it very well, for by grace He is saved through faith. But if you look at verse 10, why did He save us? It says, for you're appointed unto good works. That word appointed means a divine appointment of a visitation that God wants you to be in a certain place at a certain time for a certain reason to fulfill a certain purpose and you're supposed to take control to use free will to make sure you're there and you do what you're supposed to do. Because if you don't, I, th I read it earlier. Jeremiah 5. Or excuse me. He said, I will surely visit you. I will visit you. And over and over he says, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. You'll know I'm the Lord. You're not the Lord. 
You never were in control. You didn't make this thing. You didn't make yourself. You'll know I am the Lord. And when you get to that point, if you will humble yourself, He said, I'll lift you up. If you will draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. But if you lift yourself up with pride, pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall, he has set the world in our heart. Now, next time you think you've got it all figured out, you'll see. <laughs> Man, I've been studying the Bible. I was, Brother Roloff died November 2nd, 1982. That's when I got called to preach. Almost 39 years ago. Coming up on 39 years. I don't know how many times I've read Zechariah and Ezekiel and Revelation. What do I know? I try to know it all. Only the Lord knoweth. Why? Do you know how many worlds are going to be after this world? I can't. It's so after and at. The Bible says of the increase of His kingdom, there shall be no end. The kingdom of heaven is going to grow throughout eternity, throughout all the, the universe. I think it's going to go to other planets. All sorts of things are going to happen. Who am I? So what's the conclusion? The just shall live by faith. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Do the best you can with the knowledge you've attained with your limited, finite mind at this point in your life of growth and grace. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, and we shall all give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. What do I know? I like to know it all. I'm trying to figure it out, but the reality is the Lord has set the world in their heart and, and what's interesting, I am through, but so when Solomon realized all this on a worldly nature, you know what he ends up with his conclusion? He says, uh, I know that there's no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. And then he goes on to say, whatever God does, it's forever. Amen. Let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I'd ask that no one is leaving, no one is looking around.